Warning, this show may contain adult content, language, and humor and is intended for mature audiences. If that's not you, please stop listening now. Nothing you hear on Sex and Science Hour is intended as medical advice, financial advice, legal advice, therapy, or really anything other than entertainment. Please take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Oh, and if you're hearing us on an affiliate network, the ideas and views expressed on this show are not necessarily those of the network you're listening on or of any sponsors or affiliate products you might hear about on the show. Now that all that's out of the way, let's start the show. This is Sex and Science Hour with Brian Sovereign and Dr. Stephanie Murphy. Get your freak on. It's a small studio and Brian has started the show off with a bang tonight. <laughs> wow. Literally. Oh, you mean out of my ass. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, I'll just leave that one to the imagination, but it is actually a great segue into our first story. Brian, you know what happened this week? What happened? I, I saw this headline and I just couldn't pass it up. Literal shit exploded out of a water fountain at the EPA. Well, it's a perfect segue then. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, this is from Vice. Employees said sewage was covering the floors of the headquarters in Washington, D.C. And there's a picture of it. It literally looks like a water fountain just... <laughs> Just literally spewed poop everywhere. They hit the brown note at the EPA. Yeah, they really did. (laughs) (laughs) Between the threat of budget cuts, major restructuring, and having a climate change skeptic run the show, says Vice, it's been a pretty rough year to work at the Environmental Protection Agency. On Thursday, things only got shittier. (laughs) Employees at the EPA headquarters in Washington, D.C. discovered that sewage was literally spewing out of the water fountains, E&E News reports. They got an email at about 9 a.m. letting them know that there was a, quote, water line backup causing a, quote, issue with the fountains. According to folks inside, the issue or issue was an understatement. And then it shows a picture of the brown sewage leaking out of the (laughs) (laughs) Where were you when diarrhea hits? Yeah. <laughs> um, a sewer problem at EPA HQ has resulted in poop exploding out of the water fountains, said Dan Becker, director of Safe Climate Campaign. The poop explosion pictured apparently detonated inside EPA's Office of Policy in a hallway near a- EPA Administrator Scott Pruitt's office, Manu Ashable reports. According to E&E News, a few other water fountains overflowed on the same floor and the odor from the black sludge wafted into nearby offices. Can you imagine? Can you imagine this at your workplace? Like, and people in the group posted this. People posted this in our Facebook group. If you want to join, by the way, you can go look up the uh, Sex and Science Hour podcast community on Facebook. I'm sure if you see gems like this, you'll be wanting to join. (laughs) I'm sure this is a very good advertisement for joining our group. But somebody posted it and someone commented, did they find themselves? Yeah, I mean, right. <laughs> right? Because isn't that like kind of an environmental hazard, right? Yeah. Of course they wouldn't find Well, themselves. I've seen this happen. So I used to work in, I worked in fast food, you know, here and there. Mm-hmm. And it's happened at a fast food place where the shit starts coming up in the kitchen. 
And oh yeah. Oh my god. So yeah. what what could cause something like that? Like uh, is it like literally a line backs up or yeah, something? Yeah, I mean you get like a septic backup of some kind. I mean, you know, it could be areas where even the city has control and you don't. I mean, who the hell knows? You know, it 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 depends on the area, but yeah, that that can definitely happen. It did happen. Uh, the The store itself, actually, I remember, closed. I'm for so glad like you have a personal days. anecdote with this. By the way, folks, we didn't discuss this before the <laughs> no. show. <It> just... <laughs> Go ahead, Brian. Well, it's just, you know, and usually it has some kind of like little grating or something that, that covers a lot of the areas where water could come back up, say, in, in the kitchen or something. But, um, you know, sometimes those holes are a little wide enough to where, you know, even chunks could you know i mean it's pretty i don't know it's an ugly situation yeah it only holds back the most solid of (laughs) particles (laughs) i mean and and it's bad because you'll you'll see like when when suddenly there's like tissue paper and all that stuff you know exactly where the water came from (laughs) it went if if you were at any point questioning it's like well no it might not be brown that might actually be a little bit gray but then when you see the yeah, tissue Yeah, it might just pa- be mud from outside, y- yeah, right? Yeah, or something Give like that. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Right, but, but then no, when the tissue paper shows true. up, you you know exactly where that water came from. You know what this reminded me of? This I The only personal anecdote I have with this is uh, <laughs> the Rogers Campground where we used to, Maybe I shouldn't be oh. mentioning the name of the campground, but... Okay, so we used to go to this fam- camping festival every year. Yeah. And it was held at this campground in New Hampshire, yep. northern New Hampshire. And this was a large festival for the venue it wasn't a large festival, period, but it was a large festival for the venue. Right. And they didn't have the infrastructure to handle, you know, 1,500 to 2,000 people coming into the campground right. for a week. And people would do things like flush tampons down the toilets, right? You you would think that wouldn't be a big deal. But apparently it is at a campground where the infrastructure isn't designed for that. And so every year it would back up. And every year they would have to shut down the bathrooms and pump it, you know, pump the septic tank. And <laughs> every year, literally every year. Yeah, it was a guarantee <laughs> by like the festival went on for a whole week. So it started on Monday and it ended on Sunday. And by Wednesday, the the toilets would be completely fucked. <laughs> <laughs> People would be shitting in the woods. <laughs> well, I don't really know if they were shitting in the woods, but yeah. what are you going to do when the whole bathrooms are backed up for the entire campground? Yeah, that's... Then they started bringing in the shower trucks. Do you remember this? Oh, I remember this. Uh, yeah. I was like, we oh, had you a are, laugh about this. Yeah, you are not getting me into a shower truck. No. I've heard this line before exactly. since I was a kid in synagogue. Yeah. I know how this goes, okay? When you're Janish, you know the deal about the shower trucks, and you don't get on them. And they still brought them. And I they couldn't did. believe it. They did. They wanted people to put Bitcoins in <laughs> to take a shower. <laughs> the, the audacity the transaction fees alone are causing me to shit yeah. I, don't know what the hell I don't know what the hell they're expecting <laughs> I just shit my pants when I saw a $15 transaction fee holy hell oh my god cut we, to a break you're, you're gonna shit next time you when we come back from break All and right. we hear the next story I can't wait to tell you the next headline and you should stay tuned too because it's really maybe, good maybe this they is should, Texas Science Hour maybe they should accept Dash but then yeah. I'll just see that I'll be like well yeah I'm gonna fucking hurry I'm trying to shit here <laughs> you gotta make a dash for the bathroom <laughs> there's more coming up oh god I'm not even gonna bother there's Ooh. more coming up this is like the science hour yes it is we got the giggles tonight this is i feel that this is very unprofessional but whatever this is what happens (laughs) yeah this is what happens when i 
when you start letting me watch wrestling again, this is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were watching a wrestling show before the, before the show, and before the show started. I went up to Brian and I told him I was going to challenge him for the heavyweight <laughs> title. I started fake beating on him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you you, you took me he right down along. to the floor. It was it was amazing. Yeah, I I, I was destined to be the next champion. And oh, one. I loved it. I mean, I was I was ready. You know, ass up, face down. We're going to play that again. All right, before the night is over. <laughs> All right, Brian. I told you you would shit when you heard this next headline. All right, Are you ready for this? I got my depends on. Surgeon admits assault after carving initials into patients' livers during surgery. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So it's I am an artiste. Yeah. It's exactly what it sounds like. Uh, Simon Bramhall, 53, admitted to two counts of assault uh, at Birmingham Crown Court. This took place in Ireland or something like this. after carving his initials, marking his initials on their livers during transplant operations. The surgeon pleaded not guilty to alternative charges of assault occasioning actual bodily harm, which were accepted by a prosecutor, blah, 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 who said the case was, quote, without legal precedent in criminal law. Bram Hall, who appeared in the dock wearing a pink shirt and a dark suit, not sure why that's relevant, uh, was granted <laughs> unconditional bail until he is sentenced. Look, your Honor. <laughs> He's gay. Yeah. <laughs> Lock <Right>. him up. <laughs> Clearly, he's very artistic because yeah. he's got a pink shirt and a black suit. Yeah. I mean, just put him away. He's gay. What are you waiting for? You know, <laughs> Where did this happen again? Ireland. Oh, well. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, he was a consul- he was employed as a consultant surgeon in Birmingham at the time of the transplant operations that both patients had been under uh, anesthetic. The offensive assault by beating was brought against him to reflect the act of act of marking the liver, and there is no suggestion that he was responsible for physically beating the patients. I, I, I mean, this is this is kind of weird. Like, I, he did it twice. Okay, he didn't just do this once. He did it to, to at least two people, and he admitted to it. I, I mean, because what do you do? Like, do you lock up Zorro? You know, <laughs> like. For putting a Z on everything and for... Well, I mean, he wasn't putting a Z on his patient's livers. I, well, I, I guess not. I mean, with the, well, the mask, was, he put that on the guy's neck. But yeah, I, I, <laughs> it's just weird. It's so fucking weird. So... Like, okay. what is he thinking? Like, who's going to see that? Like, are, are they expecting... Well, right. Is he expecting How would a they chuckle? ever know? Like, are, do they donate... Do, are they, maybe they're people that donate their organs, you know, if they die in a car crash or well, something. Well, they're transplanted right? livers. So he was doing a liver transplant. Oh. And, and maybe they could see the initials because it formed a scar, you know, on an MRI or some, you know, imaging study, a CT scan that they had later of the transplanted liver. So it's not even really the person's liver? Yeah, they were getting transplant. I think he was a transplant surgeon, and he was transplanting livers. Oh, and then this is weird. He was marking them as he was putting them in. Right, so how can they claim? It's not even their liver. Like, what are they? Well, I mean, what do you think? Is this like, what is this? <laughs> do you think it's an assault? No, it's not their liver. He didn't cut them. He didn't open them up. And here, I'm going to mark on your liver. You but know? It's, it's becoming their liver. It's going to that person. Yeah, but I'm sure he did it before. I don't fucking know. I'd, I don't I'd... know how. <laughs> I don't know how this was done exactly. The article is kind of short <laughs> on details, but I mean, it's just kind of bizarre. It's almost like 
like brand it's almost like a violation don't you think oh, and they don't say when he did it before he put it in or after does or it like, matter I, I, it kind of does does I, it really matter well okay know. they were more interested in details like what color shirt he was wearing but uh well yeah he's gay lock him up no <laughs> Just because someone wears a pink shirt does not mean they're gay. <laughs> no, it's true. I it, I always wear black, but Plenty when I lived in Florida, I shirts. gladly wore pink. Uh, I, I have a pink wallet. I have a pink phone. I, yeah, I, pink I love, thongs. Uh, yeah, I do. I love pink. All right. We got to move on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird case. That's though. a weird like case, that, isn't it? Like if I were to think, it, all right, I mean, the justice system's bullshit no matter where you are in the world. But if I were like to con- think conventionally and try that, as in try trial like that that i would be at a loss right well they said there was no precedent for what none yeah and and i mean and there's a lot of circumstance really i really think that there's a lot of circumstances i mean i think the whole thing's crazy i think the guy is crazy like they're like they're, i can't even yeah that's kind of a psycho move yeah that's think? a very weird thing to do all the same but within a legal framework i think there's a lot of questions you know that questions of whether he actually did something wrong mm-hmm so, but anyway, that that's getting all the details. And frankly, like I said, I don't give a shit about the justice system. So. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> I, it was interesting and weird. That's why I picked it. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of interesting and weird, a new fossil shows ancient penguins were as tall as people for 30 million years. Oh, man. This is the story about the six foot tall penguins. Yeah. Which, um, you know. You shared this in your Sovereign Tech Facebook group. I did. And somebody commented that they were thinking about it all day. Yes. And so was I. Yeah. So was I. (laughs) I'm right there with her. Uh, Well, what were you thinking? I was just imagining what a six-foot-tall penguin would look like. It's kind of weird. Yeah. A penguin that's as big as a person. (laughs) Just what? And I was also thinking, well, we'll get into it. I just want to read a little bit to give the listeners some background here. So... From Business Insider by Lindsay Dodgson. Scientists from New Zealand and Seckenberg finally have some answers thanks to their recent discovery of a fossil belonging to a giant 150 centimeter long penguin. The fossil dates back to the Paleocene era, approximately 61 million years ago, making it one of the oldest penguin fossils in the world. According to a new study which the scientists published in the journal uh, The Science of Nature, what a journal called the science of nature that's interesting because okay science and nature are two, are two separate medical or scientific journals that are right. like the biggest journals in science yeah. right yeah so this journal like just ripped them off and they're like we're gonna call ourselves the science of nature <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! That's kind of funny. Okay. Okay. Anyway, uh, I'm going to ignore that for a minute. So published in the journal, The Science of Nature, these newly discovered bones differ significantly from other discoveries of the same age, which means that early penguins were probably much more diverse than scientists previously thought. And their evolution likely began much earlier than previous research has suggested, maybe even as early as the dinosaur age, the scientists conclude. Where this fits in with what we know about penguins... So some genetic analysis has shown that the Sphenicidaceae family, which present penguins belong to, evolved from flightless birds that lived 40 to 100 million years ago. Other scientists believe that early ancestors may have been birds that lived during the Cretaceous period 60 to 65 million years ago and were able to fly. 
What sets this fossil apart are the obvious differences compared to previously known penguin remains from this period of geological history, said Dr. Gerald Meyer, an ornithologist at Seckenberg Research Institute in Frankfurt and lead author of the study. The leg bones we examined show that during its lifetime, the newly described penguin was significantly larger than its already described relatives. In other words, penguins reached a giant size quite early in their evolution. This size increase appears to have started soon after they become became flightless, according to the paper, with giant species existing for at least 30 million years, from the mid-Paleocene to the late Oligocene period. This penguin is almost as big as the largest known penguin fossil, which belonged to, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it, uh, but that penguin is thought to have lived in Antarctica about 45 to 33 million years ago and reached enormous heights of 180 centimeters. So that penguin was even taller than a person. <laughs> so, okay. Like, I, I think, I mean, the, you know, just the, the mental imagery of yeah. these giant fucking penguins yeah. is, is hilarity, you know, in and of itself. It is, but, you know, I was wondering, like, maybe those penguins spent a lot more time in the water because penguins seem really awkward. You know, like, they're known for waddling on the ice, right? They kind of, like, dive down a hill or something. But, you know, they, they're they kind of fat, right, because they need the yeah. blubber to keep warm and insulate themselves and swim in those Arctic waters. Um, but they're really graceful when they're actually swimming in the water. So... I can't imagine a huge penguin like supporting its own body weight on land. So maybe they lived more in the water. Yeah, maybe because like I'm just picturing, you know, Fight Club and, you know, Jack is looking into his power animal and it's the penguin and it just says slide. <laughs> and I'm picturing this six foot penguin slide. <laughs> just <gotta laughs> just like flops down <laughs> yeah. on the ice and goes <laughs> down the hill. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, the thing is, I think this this actually says a lot more than about a penguin. And you know, there's okay, a field. Tell of, me what else what it says. There's a field of study called cryptozoology that oh, usually gets. I like where this is going. Yeah, this usually gets laughed at. Okay, and I think completely unjustly. Look, I agree. Bigfoot is bullshit. You know, I mean, like certainly, but Bigfoot is but one animal. You know, mythic animal that supposedly either, you know, still exists today or existed at one point or maybe never existed at all and truly is pure myth. The problem is, is that most people write off cryptozoology as pure myth. OK, look, if you can have six foot penguins, seriously, you could have a Yeti. OK, you could have I mean, go down the list of a bunch of different creatures that people have talked about, claimed used to exist, etc., if you can have a six foot penguin, just about anything, in my opinion, could evolve because that is primo food. That's worse than the dodo bird. That is primo food for any creature on the planet to eat up. And if somehow it was allowed to get that far to where it could you know, be six feet tall, anything could evolve. In my opinion, on Earth. I mean, this, yeah, this if has, you can have a plesiosaurus. You can have Nessie. Well, fuck. I mean, but, I'm just saying this has and, you know, not that it's the only one like in Madagascar. I, this is the, the example I bring up all the time in Madagascar. Just over a little over 100 years ago, you had what was called the elephant bird. These were birds that birds that were six foot tall. I don't know how well they flew, but they were I don't like think they did fly. I think they were runner like ostriches. Kind sure. Of. Sure. Fine. But I mean, but they were over six feet tall, you know, and, and people think like, oh, well, there can't be animals that big. Oh, there can't be. No, like, no there fucking were, you know, jackass. And now there's. Obviously, there were a lot more 30 million years ago and, and, you know, not crazy, not unheard of, 
at all. It, it's it's fascinating. It is fascinating. I always think of those these old creatures as like you know version one point This was like a penguin one or two yeah. Right now we have penguin six point oh. <laughs> we have the galaxy six of penguins or galaxy s eight of penguins. But you know there were the earlier generation models, and uh, you know um, maybe. That big size suited their environment at the time, and then yeah. it became not so useful when the environment changed. You know, at 30 million years, I wonder if there's some kind of descendant of a dinosaur. Did the article say anything along those well, lines? Well, it didn't say anything about that, but I was thinking the same thing, yeah. because it's supposedly all birds evolved from dinosaurs. Some so form pe- of dinosaur. penguins would be no they, different. Yeah. I mean, understand, like, there's a lot of different kinds of dinosaurs. It's not like... It's not exactly like our uh, a seagull is related to the T Rex or something, you know. Like <laughs> it, it doesn't exactly work that way. There's there's specific families. Not of exactly, but take a look at the emu and tell me it doesn't look like one of those velociraptors from oh, Jurassic hey, Park. Hey, oh, hey, yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, but go ahead. Even your your garden variety chicken, you can see the dino in it. You can see the T Rex glinting in its eyes. Oh yeah, that's why you know whenever I encounter a chicken, I don't move. Yeah. Because that way it, it can't see me. That's right. You know, that's. <laughs> but it can smell you. Shit. Can you imagine what fossils are buried under the permafrost in Antarctica? Wouldn't that be an amazing mystery? I don't, can you imagine what's under there? I don't think there's there's just fossils. Yeah, you think there's pyramids. I, I, well, I don't know if it's pyramids, <laughs> but I think there's a whole ton of shit there. There's probably a whole ton of shit. Yeah. Y- I yeah. Agree. I mean, and, and hell, we might find more six foot penguins while we're at it. Might find eight We're just going to have to wait for the next ice age. Maybe it'll shift. be penguins like a stegosaurus where it has plates on its back. That would be awesome. Imagine oh a gosh. penguin like that waddling around and just. Yeah. That would be yeah. uh, badass. That yeah. sounds like a wrestling character. We need oh. to make that. The stego penguin. <laughs> That'll be my wrestling Penguinsaurus, name. Penguinsaurus, send us a ring. <laughs> Scientists have created plastic objects that can connect to Wi-Fi without electronics. Oh, you're running with this. Okay. From Science Alert. Oh, you want to talk about this no, on your show? No, well, go ahead. Go ahead, please. Scientists have developed new 3D printed plastic objects that can hook up to Wi-Fi without the aid of electronics or batteries, meaning household devices could get a lot smarter in the future without the need for any circuitry. Okay, hold on. How is How does this happen? Uh, well, <laughs> um, actually, it needs some kind of wire. Yeah, here we go. Core to the mechanism is a conductive filament made from plastic and copper and also 3D printed, which can intermittently connect and disconnect with a Wi-Fi antenna, changing the signal as it passes it on. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, it's not completely made out of plastic. Right, it could be three D printed, but so what? Yeah, as soon as you're adding in some kind of like conductor, yeah, we're not we're not exactly like, you know, because otherwise make it work with iron filings instead of copper, but that's still a metal. Yeah, because otherwise you're talking about well, we could connect Wi Fi to everything. Right. You know, and, and no, it needs a little something special, yeah. you know, like, like it's not, I, I'm not saying this isn't that there aren't some kind of maybe broad ramifications that could be sort of concerning, mm-hmm. um, as to how that works. You know, look, I I've been in the cypherpunk space for a long time, a really long time. I know a lot of guys that have for decades microwaved their clothes. I know those kind of people too. Yeah. I may or may not have done that myself. Yeah. So, <laughs> because the, and the reason why people microwave their clothes is because there are RFID chips embedded in all clothing yep. that are used to track inventory, merchandise, and whatever, but they could be used to track you if you're wearing that clothing. 
Yeah. But if you fry them in the microwave, it will disable the RFID chip. Yeah. So if there's some funny copper or iron filings going on in clothing that shouldn't be there. I mean, look, if you're wondering why hackers are wearing like hoodies, you know, and all this. And look, they, you know, you can get plastic zippers and whatever else or why they're wearing sweatpants all the time or stuff like that. Believe me, they've got a very good reason that they're doing this. OK. Uh, and I think that. Yeah, if there's any kind of copper or anything like that in there that could connect to Wi-Fi, um, your microwave is going to tell you pretty fast because there's going to be some lightning strikes going on in there. Mm. Uh, it's fun putting metal in the microwave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll say. But we're getting a little bit off topic here. So, yeah, they say that <clears throat> having these connectors in everyday devices could create like a serious Internet of Things where your laundry detergent could reorder itself and shit like that. I'm sure it's far more insidious than that. But um, <laughs> do you see any upside to this, Brian? Do you think do you think there's anything good about this technology? Well, the good thing is, is that if you are if you really do want to connect devices to a hub of some kind, a smart hub of some kind, then, yeah, look. You know, if it's something that doesn't have to have an IP address, great. Okay. Uh, and I don't think, you know, this wouldn't like that. This is one of the concerns with IOT, with Internet of Things, is that you create, you know, you could, you could potentially create a bot army out of all of these Internet of Things devices that could, you know, do, you know, a denial of service attack against whatever your target is. Okay. Obviously, something with copper wire in it, as far as I can tell, they're like, unless I misunderstood this article that you can't use that as, as part of your little bot army, you know, you can't use that. No, to... it's kind of just basically reflecting a Wi-Fi signal or it's not really connecting to the Wi-Fi. Right. It's more like a ping. It's yeah, not a, it's a ping. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. So I, you know, I can get it. If you're into IOT, if you're into having stuff connected, this would be a good thing. I'm not, interested in that sort of, yeah, you want to be disconnected. Don't yeah. You? I can see a ton of downsides. You what know? are the downsides? Well, you get tracked. Oh, right. Uh, I, I everything mean, will be, well, yeah, yeah. You know, everything will be tracked. So, everything already is tracked. Well, anybody carrying that block of sensors in their pocket, I mean, to some degree, you might as well yeah. say, to some degree, what's you the say point of it. microwaving your clothes if you're going to have a smartphone, really? Well, people that microwave their clothes, I guarantee you, do not have smartphones. <laughs> or if they do, they put them in the microwave. All right. Because the microwave acts as a Faraday cage, right? Exactly. All right. Well, coming up, we're going to answer the age-old question, which is healthier, sweet potatoes or white potatoes? Think about this, Brian, and there's more coming up here on Sex and Science Hour. All right, Brian, you had a couple minutes to think about it. Which would you say... Is healthier. If you were at a restaurant and you had a choice between sweet potato fries and white potato fries, which one should you pick? Well, I I get the sense that this is a trick question, but honestly, I would have said sweet potatoes. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what a lot of people would say because that's kind of the conventional wisdom. Yeah. Oh, sweet potatoes have so much more nutrients than white potatoes. People think white things are bad, right? Because of like sugar and flour. And yeah, white sugar and flour are bad. But there are some white vegetables that are pretty nutritious, like cauliflower and potatoes. <laughs> so this article here from Runner's World, which this would be relevant to runners because they're eating carbs, you know, they're getting ready for their race or whatever. Oh, cauliflower probably helps with, with runners. A little extra boost, a little pfft. 
you know. Oh, you mean they'll be <laughs> propelling themselves on their own farts? Yeah, definitely. Handy. All right. Yeah. It helps unclog the sewer pipes, too. <laughs> Keeps you regular. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they had some nutritionists weigh in on this debate of what's healthier, sweet potatoes or regular French fry, white potatoes. And so basically the answer is macronutrients, right? They they both have about the same amount of carbs. They've got like a a serving, you know, pound for pound or ounce for ounce. They've got about the same amount of carbohydrates. Sweet potatoes have a little bit more naturally occurring sugar, which is one reason they taste sweeter, especially when they're cooked. And White potatoes have this thing called resistant starch, which we've Aha. talked about on the show before. There's a phenomenon where if if you cook a white potato and then you cool it down, like in the refrigerator or freezer, and most commercially uh, prepared French fries are pre-cooked, at least like halfway and then frozen. Yes. And then they're sort of like reheated and, and cooked the rest of the way in the fryer. So if you if a potato is once cooked, cooled down, and then reheated or just eaten cold, um, it contains a higher percentage of something called resistant starch. Now, resistant starch is basically like a probiotic fiber or prebiotic fiber. Um, it's a fiber that feeds the good bacteria in your intestines, and it, it creates food for them. And that's good because you want those good bacteria because they have a host of health benefits. Now, sweet potatoes cannot form resistant starch, but white nah. potatoes can. But so point one for white potatoes. Aren't sweet potatoes gluten-free? Uh, yes, all potatoes are gluten-free. Wait, so what's the advantage? So remind me. I guess I'm, you're right. But remind me, like, why do the paleo people think sweet potatoes are okay? Ah, okay. So the paleo people think sweet potatoes are better because white potatoes contain something called saponins. You know when you peel a white potato and you put it in a pot of water, like because you're supposed to rinse off the starch, and the water gets kind of bubbly, almost as if it had soap in it? Well, those are the saponins from the potato. Saponins are chemicals, not chemicals, they're kind of like compounds that are in the potato that act almost like a detergent. And they can disrupt cell membranes. Ah. It's like a bug repellent, basically, a natural insect repellent that the potato makes. But um, some people say that that's irritating to the human uh, digestive tract. However, if you peel the skin away, like the highest concentration of those saponins is in the skin. And if a potato is old and getting green, like if it's growing eyes, then it has a higher amount of saponins. But if it's like a fresh potato, it doesn't have as much. And if you soak it, they will come out too. So so supposedly soaking potatoes and peeling them helps, getting rid of the skin and then soaking them. So and you have to soak them if you make french fries anyway, because if it has too much like if it has a layer of starch on the outside, the potato starch, um, the fries get fucked up somehow, like they'll stick together or they won't be as good. Hmm. They get more crispy and crunchy and better if you if you actually soak the potatoes and then dry them. Okay, that's the secret to making good fries. Okay, got it. Okay, so in macronutrient composition, they're about the same. In nutrients, they have different advantages. So white potatoes, they say, have more iron, potassium, and vitamin C. And by the way, they only have vitamin C in the skin. So that's only, if they're peeled, that really doesn't count. Um, And they have less natural sugar. But sweet potatoes are higher in fiber, calcium, and vitamin A. And of course, yeah, vitamin A 
um, in the form of beta carotene, which is kind of debate. Like some people say that it's some humans can't really convert um, beta carotene into vitamin A in a usable form for humans very well. Ah. Like the the form of vitamin A that's in plant foods is a little bit harder to basically for the body to use, to convert into a usable form. It's those beta males. They can't yeah. consume beta carotene. Definitely the beta but males. the alpha males yep. can take in the beta beta carotene. Yeah, they, okay. eat, they eat it for breakfast. They right. cuck it. <laughs> <laughs> they cuck it. It's like shucking uh, corn. Yeah, exactly like they that. They cuck it. <laughs> there's, there's a show title, They Cuck It. <laughs> so basically, the bottom line is, if, if you're talking about fries, if they're both fried in oil, it's kind of a toss-up. Between sweet potatoes and white potatoes. It yeah. really, there's really not that big of a difference. Well, we don't like egalitarianism now, do we? So, <laughs> so who won? What? Who really won? I like egalitarianism. No, I, I do too. <laughs> well, I mean, the answer is, like, it's up to your preference, right? And it's the answer is, like, basically, um, well, they basically say don't try, try not to eat French fries. Because French fries are fried in <laughs> nasty oil anyway. And we all knew that anyway. I love this. It's like, so which one's better? The real answer is don't eat French fries. <laughs> the answer is don't eat French fries. This is the perfect internet article. <laughs> because the headline is total bullshit. <laughs> and like misleads you all the way. Yeah, exactly. It's like a exactly. Hollywood trailer. It's just... I know. They never paid that tease, really. <laughs> the answer is... Don't eat fries. The answer to life, the universe, and everything is do not eat fries. All right. We got it. Don't eat. So, so sex and science, our listeners, don't eat fries. Wait, what did we have last night when we were coming back? Uh, What did we have? Oh, we had fries. We had fries. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Shit. We went to see the Star Wars movie last night. The Last Jedi. The Star Wars movie. Well, what other no, Star Wars it, movie would it be I, if we're going to see it in theaters? I, I don't know. It just sounds like you're like, we saw the Star Wars. As though there's only one. <laughs> yeah, I well, I mean, you'd almost be accurate because originally George Lucas did call it the Star Wars. Like oh. that, that was the full title. So that's, see? That's I'm okay. ahead of George Lucas. Yeah, we did see that. And we're, yeah, we and have on a the way we had back, we had fried. Confession time. Forgive me, Father. I have sinned. Yes. We had some French fries. On Get on back. your knees. Get on my knees. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. We're going, about this, we're going for forgiveness here. <laughs> I'm going to have to really work for it. Cleanse you of your sins. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brian. I want to talk about something that's holiday themed here. Okay. Uh, and that is how Grinch bots are driving up the prices of hot holiday toys. All oh, these fucking things. Yeah. Uh, so what is a Grinch bot? Well, we have some video. Uh, this is like a video article. So well, what you want to just play this and have our commentary over it? Yeah, all right. All right. Turns out your competition for the season's hottest toy may not be another parent, but a piece of computer code. So-called cyber bots are scooping up some of the season's the most that. coveted cyber items bots. so that unscrupulous <laughs> sellers can then unload them at much 
higher prices. Here to talk about these. So these are bots, bots that buy Derek up toys Thompson, and then list them on eBay at, the Atlantic. at Derek, much higher prices. This is pure evil. <laughs> this is uh, one longs for the halcyon days when moms and dads would fight each other <laughs> yes. in the toy store <laughs> over That's these at least toys. A fair fight. That was human versus human. This yes. is Why are you laughing there, Brian? Right. We can't clear, win this war. No, no, this is funny. not a winnable war. They have a clear technological you agree advantage. with the, the guess? When we say bot, what Kinda. we're talking about You long for the days when moms and dads would fight each other. Made for great video. Software algorithms essentially programs mm -hmm. that go around the internet and buy up products really, really quickly, much faster than any human being could possibly do. Typically, we're used to seeing these in the ticket markets. Yes. There was a U2 concert, I believe, in New York several years ago where bots uh, bought 1,000 tickets in one minute and then resold them on eBay or, you know, on some other site. And what they're doing now, essentially, is buying relatively cheap toys, $14 for, say, something like a Fingerling, and then end reselling it on Amazon yeah. or eBay for up to $1,000. This is essentially ransoming We will discuss toys. Ransom of Fingerling. We'll discuss in a different segment the parents who would pay that kind <laughs> of price for something. Right. But, um, <laughs> I mean, the problem here is, I mean, well, you know, how do you, how do you combat this? So... The short answer is it's extremely difficult yeah. to combat it. The slightly longer answer is that there are certain rules you can put in, but a lot of these rules can be sort of uh, superseded by the technology. So, for example, you can put in quantity limits. You can yeah. say that only one, I one IP address, one human being, theoretically, right. can only buy a certain number of these toys. The problem is that these cyber scammers are just creating a bunch of different IP addresses right. so that they can buy hundreds of these toys all at once, completely soak up the supply of these toys. I mean, you look at some of the mo most popular toys this season on Toys R Us, at Target, at Walmart. They're sold, sold out. out yeah. oh, the but companies then you go love to eBay, this. Amazon, and <laughs> right? They do, and, and they the don't internet care. Internet may not be able to stop the bots from proliferating, but can we? Can they be? sort of punished on the back end. I know that Chuck Schumer has introduced something oh, called Chuck. the Better Online Ticket Sales Act, and that was to stop the online ticket scalping. They talk about Can this law, and they're like, we have to pass this law before Christmas. <laughs> yes, the good news to is save the children and the toys. The law before Christmas. The law and essentially say the same way that we are going to treat as criminal activity the this bulk criminal purchasing activity. of tickets for U2 concerts and Bruce concerts, we can do the exact same thing for toys. The bad news is that we all know how quickly the Senate it works. It mm -hmm. works the snail's pace. They've essentially said there's no way that we can get this law through before Christmas. And so it won't be in effect for another 12 months, in which case the bots might be even more sophisticated right. to get it's around. Like a Charles bots. Dickens how nightmare. Have, yeah, the Congress Grinch bots. Yes, versus right. the Grinch bots. How, right. how do the toy makers <laughs> and, and say Amazon and, and companies like that feel about this? Well, so it's difficult because eBay and Amazon are going to say, we're open marketplaces. Yes, right? Right. Our job as a platform is essentially to make sure that there is legal buying and selling. And these are legal toys, even though they're being yep. marked up, as you can see on your screen right now, by like 2,000%. I do think that an enormous part of this problem comes down to a huge theme of 2017, which has been the dark side of platform technology. Yeah. You see it with Uber, yeah. you see it with Facebook, and now you're seeing it with uh, retail markets as well. So in information What's markets, dark transportation markets, and retail markets, we're seeing the same story. I don't know. These platforms that are amazingly successful at bringing down prices and making it easier for consumers to get into the market also have the dark side that because you're taking humans out of these marketplaces, there's less oversight. And so bad actors can basically do whatever they want. Bring the humans back to the market. Indeed, bring them back. Bring mom and dad back. Humans right aren't going to solve this one, way. folks. Right, exactly. Yeah, in a safe way. I mean, comparing Uber to anything happening as far as toy scalping is 
I mean, that's irresponsible. Like that's totally irresponsible journalism. It's They're really not even not remotely the same thing. Not yeah. even close. Like they they don't even compare in problems. Um, it, yeah, something smells fishy here. But uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> but uh, I, this is this is unbelievable. Now, again, adding humans isn't going to help. Okay. And passing laws isn't going to help. That's what no. really got me. Yeah. That they were appealing to like Chuck Schumer to save them from the toy scalpers. It's like, okay, the obvious solution to me, which they only briefly mentioned, it seems to be just don't fucking buy these these marked up toys. Right. If you don't want to encourage scalpers, hit them where it hurts. Just don't fucking buy the toys that cost $1,000. Yeah, right? but you don't have a five-year-old little Jenny. Okay, who just needs... Well, guess what? Johnny, you know, every Johnny before him survived without the tickle of the elbow. Oh, no. (laughs) Wow. Pretty sure Johnny's going to be fine, you know? Wow. I can't believe I'm hearing this from you. That does not sound like a very peaceful parent right there. No. (laughs) Well, peaceful parenting is not about just getting your kid whatever they want. (laughs) Okay? That's a misnomer. That's right. Um. So, all right. Well, yes, the laws aren't going to aren't going to solve anything. And what's hilarious is that this guy can say this with a straight face. He can say, "Look, these toys were bought totally legally. This is totally legal. Like, what's you know? How do we stop this? We got to pass some kind of law." You're literally admitting you have to pass a law to put a stop to a completely legitimate practice, right? Yeah. <laughs> and like, if that doesn't put the complete lack of logic and understanding. You know, that 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 exists even within the news realm and wherever else like this is just one of the most clear cut cases I've ever heard. I don't think the guy had any. I'm going to hope the guy just didn't understand what he was saying. It's like, do you understand that you are saying you want you need to pass a law against something that is, I mean, in legitimate, it's a very funny loaded term. Okay, right. And how how exactly would you even pass a law against that? Right. Well, you just do. I mean, like they, they, they pass laws. I mean. How do you pass laws against raw milk? That's, that's no, but I mean, stupid. how do you pass like, how do you pass a law against scalping toys without like outlawing reselling any toy? Oh, right. oh yeah, no, no. There's going to be a ton of right. There's going to be a ton of consequences. I mean, the only thing here's the thing. Probably what the law would look like is because like that Chuck Schumer, the ticketing law that they're talking about, mm-hmm. puts the onus on the distributor. Oh, but guess what happens there? Then Ticketmaster charges you double. Right. Because they have to pay for all this infrastructure and whatever, and they have to pay for the the insurance to prevent scalping or whatever. So you just you just shot yourself in the foot. You know, you're gonna end up paying the scalper's price because of legality. This is why we can't have nice things, you know? It really is. I I, like I'm in awe at how stupid. We wanted a toy last year that we didn't get. Yeah, are we traumatized from it, Ryan? No, I've dealt with it. The NES. Classic. I get one next. I so because here's the thing, and if you want to instill, all right, qu- very quick tirade. Mm-hmm. There are two qualities that I think, if you have these, you can do anything. Okay, Ooh, so if you want to instill this? this in your children, instead of them getting their 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 tickle me Elmo or whatever other horseshit, okay, um, you instill patience and the ability to feel uncomfortable. And to live with that uncomfortability ah. for an amount of time. Oh, okay. Now that's those, a true gift. Yeah. Now, because if you can handle being uncomfortable, you can literally achieve anything. Okay. And if you can, if you can have patience, guess what? I was patient last year. I was like, well, all right, I didn't get my NES Classic. I'll be patient. My time will come around. 
2018, they're releasing the NES Classic. There you go. My time is coming. So teach your kids. Give them the gift of insight. Give them the gift. Give little Johnny the gift of discomfort this season. Yeah, uncomfortability. Give him a big old lump of coal and tell him to just suck it up and deal with it. (laughs) Now we're talking. Because you're not going to support those scalpers. That's right. You're not going to support those Grinch bots. No. Fuck them. All right. Um, hey, Stephanie, what time do you get up? Asks somebody in our Facebook group. Um, we were talking. Like they literally asked that question? Yeah. Uh, we were talking last week. <laughs> we're in the advice segment now. So oh, we were talking well, last week mine. about how I have started adopting an earlier bedtime. And I've really enjoyed the effects of this. And somebody writes in in our Facebook group, Stephanie, when do you usually get up in the morning? I've been going to bed around 10 p.m. for a long time, and it's definitely helped. I can feel myself shutting down hard not long after 1030 if I stay awake. And, oh, yeah, that happens for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I think we all shut down past our kind of normal bedtime if we have a normal bedtime. Right. Uh, Sleep. And then he says sleep is the first thing people sacrifice when it should be one of the last. And, you know, I agree. It's such a cornerstone of health and nobody fucking pays attention to it. So I'm bucking that trend in my own personal life and I am paying attention to my sleep. I say sleep is for the week. I mean, that's just, no, I'm kidding. (laughs) You used to literally believe that. You used to try to not sleep for like five days when you were a teenager, right? Oh, I was nuts. I was doing- You thought you were Batman. I was trying to be Batman. (laughs) And and I read in a book, Nightfall, the novelization, uh, which is a great book, by the way, uh, that I totally recommend by Dennis O'Neill. In that, he says, Batman expressly says that he only sleeps two hours a week. I gave it a shot. That did not work. Like, (laughs) (laughs) What happened to you? It was- so this is when I was working at fast food. Yeah. And like, so what I was, what was, you know, made it kind of easier to do. I was like, well, okay, I can get used to this. Like if I'm just working all the time, so I'll close, I'll do a closing shift and then I'll do an opening shift the same day. So there'll only be five hours in between when I'm not working and I can watch a movie or play video games for five hours before I have to go back in, you know, to do the open come like two, 3 PM. And I'm not supposed to be out until like four or five for the, uh, for the opening shift. Uh, I literally, like I had, I, I tell the general manager, look, I have to go sit down. I go sit down. My head fall. Like I just kind of fall over. I start drooling uncontrollably. Okay. I mean, (laughs) I understand like I was not sexy. Yeah. At that point I was going on something like shy of 50 hours. Okay. Like I was really, really pushing it. All right. And I, for me anyway, I'm sure there's people out there who, oh, I haven't gone to 70, you know, well, good for you. Okay. But, um, that's a long fucking time to not sleep. I, don't yeah, care. I slept even... for 16 hours after that. Wow. Yeah. Like I slept yeah. through almost to like the next day. It was really, or I mean, well into like almost the other day, the, the day after, you know what I mean? Well, bet you never did that again. Yeah. Uh, no, never, never really tried. Uh, even in the military, like, I mean, they have some, they, the military has the rule that you have to get four and a half hours of sleep per 24 hour period. However, it doesn't say you have to get that all at once. You can, oh, you can fuck. split that up. And that's literally like that. a chronic sleep de- deprivation for years. Yeah. I don't know how people last with that. There's, isn't there I that even handle medical school? Isn't there that sleep process that that people try out where like you oh polyphasic sleep polyphasic yeah yes yeah so polyphasic sleep is this idea i think it was like 
kind of written about by like Leonardo da Vinci or something uh-huh. where and some other people that were largely considered geniuses that that try experimented with this where it's basically like you sleep for 20 like every hour mm-hmm. you sleep for 20 minutes and you wake for 40 minutes and you just you don't have like an eight hour block at night or nine hour block when you sleep you just do that every hour you take a 20 minute nap yeah <laughs> And you just keep doing that. Or, you know, some people sleep for three hours and then wake for four or something like that. And then they just alternate that. But I think Steve Gibson of Security Now podcast tried it and he said, just no, it just doesn't work. And he like (sighs) he experiments with himself all the time. He's one of those kind of guys. Yeah. uh, And it just didn't fly. Well, some people claim that humans would, you know, like sleep in four hour blocks at night. And there would be like an hour where everybody would wake up. Yeah, in the like, middle of the night. Yeah, like they'd go to bed at 8 o'clock or something, and then they'd everybody would wake up at midnight and be awake from midnight to 1, and then they'd go back to sleep from 2 to I 6 I could see or that. Something. Like, they'd probably, they'd they'd fuck at the end of the day, sleep for four hours, get up, fuck, and then fall asleep from the fucking, from the second round. And then and then they, they you know, they sleep for another four hours. Well, what about the kids? What well, were they doing? Well, well... I don't know. Maybe the kids had different sleep cycles. Maybe. Hopefully. <laughs> God. Look, I don't want to talk about these single room log cabins in America. Where, you know, all the family. I don't know what they did. I don't, even, dec- I don't even know if they woke up for an hour at night. I think that might just be bullshit because I always sleep straight through and I never <laughs> wake up for an hour in the middle of the night. But yeah, I've noticed. So with you, I've noticed uh, uh, differences, very varying differences. Mm-hmm. Um since you started this because i mean before you used to we'd go to bed sometimes 1 2 p.m or 2 a.m uh yeah. sometimes even later than that and you'd get up at like 11 11 p.m or something and a.m uh, yeah right yeah. sorry yeah a.m and you would um yeah it'd, it'd be rough going you know you you getting up and, and you'd yeah. always be tired as to where now you're like up like no i'm ready to get up and you just yeah, get up i wake up and i'm like bright-eyed and i'm ready to go yep bushy-tailed um so to answer the person's question so i try to go to sleep like around 10 30 and i usually if i go to sleep at 10 30 i'll wake up around 8 to 8 30 mm-hmm. sometimes 7 30 but it's it's about i've i'm always been one of those people that needs at least like about nine to nine and a half hours of sleep. That's like my optimal window. Even if I'm well rested, even if I'm going to bed early, I still kind of need a relatively long amount of sleep compared to some other people. Yeah. This this reader or listener said he wakes up at 5.30 or 6.30 when he goes to bed at 10.30. So he just doesn't need as much sleep. Well, which good for you. Hours. That's great. Seven, eight hours. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's good. I mean, good for him. I used to wake up. I used to go to bed so early, like super early, like eight or nine p.m. And I'd wake up at like five or six, and I'd just be like, "Yes, I'm alone in the world. Nobody's awake. No one's gonna bother me. I'm not gonna get any emails. Everyone's gonna leave me the fuck alone, and I can do whatever I want." And I totally did that for years, and I loved my morning time because it was just like the time I had to be alone. But then I started staying up late again, and then you can get alone time late at night, too. That's what I was <laughs> so. going to say. Some people just do the opposite, where they get their alone time at the end of the night. Yeah, it's really a, it was about alone time. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's, that's something that needs to be analyzed. That You know, all this, because everybody's talking about it, sleep science, sleep is so important. The one thing they're not looking at is what exactly are the incentives? Because I don't think it's just cell phones and TV. 
So wait a minute. Are you saying that you think people stay up late because they're trying to get away from everybody and they don't want to be bothered? I think a lot of <laughs> And pe- it's not just that their phones are keeping them up. Yeah, I think a lot of people's sleep cycles have to do with maybe they want to get up before the kids get up oh, or stay yeah, up later than sure. the kids are, are up. Yep. Um, or I mean, or the kids are getting trained just so that the parents could have time alone. Yep. Uh, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of incentives that people are not looking at as to why aren't people getting enough sleep. And you want to strike the root. There's your root cause of what's really going on. Um, and it's and and then but I think that that ends off with a lot of uncomfortable questions that <laughs> like, why do you want alone time from your family? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like that, that's going to take some some processing of perhaps of some traumas or something else. And but, you know, instead, all they're doing is, is they're just saying, well, here, take melatonin. Well, here, do this. Well, here, oh, shut let, off your let, phone. Yeah, yeah let's red possible. <laughs> yeah, let's put a red light filter on your computer and all this other bullshit that Silicon Valley's trying to solve because those asshats think that they can solve everything when they can't. But I mean, Grinch bots. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, re- regardless of that, like no one's actually looking at, wait a minute, really, like what's going on in someone's life? That they're not getting enough sleep. And I, I, I think there might be some some very different answers, none of which has to do with technology whatsoever. There certainly could be. Well, we do have another show. We're running short on time. Sorry, another another question. Let's we have do another it. question. Okay, here we go. Uh this person writes in and says Wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. I only sleep like six, seven hours a night, just in case anybody wanted to know. My and life's when have not you been going to bed yours. recently? Have you been going to bed early? Kind of, sometimes. But anyway, that's 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 how I roll. All right, go okay. ahead with the next question. <laughs> All right. So our listener says, I'm a big guy. I'm working on that. One thing I find too annoying is my mother is my wife's brother is who is a five X in clothing size specifies what clothing he wants for Christmas and from what store, like a toddler whining for the season's hot new toy. That starts getting expensive when you're that big. It's not a pituitary issue or anything other than poor personal choices. He knows it's not going to happen, but it just seems so rude. Every year I get my niece and nephew great gifts because, well, one, they're kids, and two, I'm the awesome uncle. When he starts, I can't resist being sarcastic, maybe to the point of retaliatory rudeness. Am I overreacting to be so pissed off about it? I said, yeah, I do think he was overreacting. Ah. And and here's why. Because when someone tells you what gift they want, um, usually that's called a wedding registry or a baby shower <laughs> registry, right? Like when someone tells you what gift they want, if you're going to get them a gift anyway, or it's kind of assumed that you're going to get them a gift, they're just making it easier for you by telling you, hey, here's some things I want. You know, so you don't have to guess what I want or get me something that I really don't want and I have to pretend I like it. And here's the size I need so that I don't have to return it. They're just making the process more efficient for everybody. Now, I can see that if he's pissed, the question asker is pissed because his brother-in-law is kind of demanding that he get him a gift. Mm-hmm. And he even said, like, I kind of clarified this question. And the question asker even said, well, you know, I I really wasn't going to get him a gift anyway he's just asking me for one. So in that case, okay, yeah, maybe he's being a little bit rude, but it really has nothing to do with his size. I think he's fat shaming him a little bit. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and, you know, but this is tough because like we're talking about, we were just talking about health. It is expensive to be an overweight's an odd term because everybody's an individual, you know, and, and people can choose to look how they want to look. And I, and, and that's fine, mm-hmm. but it is expensive to be heavy 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? On the relatively heavy or, right. out, you know, on the higher end of the spectrum or the norms or whatever. Sure, exactly. It's expensive to wear 5X shirts. It's expensive to wear, you, you know, I mean, like... The, well, the, it's also expensive, just to play devil's advocate here, if you're tall, you know, they have those stores that are big and tall, right? Yeah. Um, it can also be expensive to be abnormally tall. Well, it's a question whether or not you can help that. Like, Right. Being tall is not a choice. Yeah. Being fat, for some people, it's not a choice. Yeah, for some, right. But that's why I say it's a question. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but... I get it. If you're like, you know, come on, you know, we, we have to spend like an extra $20 on your shirts or something like this. I mean, I don't think it's, a, it's, it might not be the hugest deal. It depends on one's budget, you know? And I mean, like if I was a really poor person and my brother weighed a, a significant amount or something and he wanted the shirt, like, I'd be like, oh man, like I can't, I really cannot afford this. I really want to get you something, you know, but you know, couldn't you just lose some weight and then i could afford the shirt for you i don't know you, you know I, i'm just saying like i could kind of understand that but overall yeah it's better to I, i'm just glad society's getting to the point where people actually say what they want instead of like regifting everything you know into eternity like yeah candy i corn. mean i agree like i like it when people if i'm going to get somebody a gift anybody anyway I like it when they tell me what they want because yeah. then I don't have to guess. It just takes the guesswork out of the whole process. I'm not very good. Like, well, I mean, if I have unlimited time, I can think of a thoughtful gift for everybody. But I usually don't have that kind of time. And so I like it when they just say, like, OK, this is what I need. And I'm like, OK, I'll pick an item from the list, you know, right. <laughs> like a wedding registry or something like that. That just makes it easier. Yes. So anyway, um, he said he wasn't going to get him a gift anyway. Uh I good luck with that. I hope your Christmas turns out okay. <laughs> don't worry about it or you know, get him something little. Maybe get him some candy, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks for tuning in this week. This has been Sex and Science Hour. Stay tuned for the you after show and if not, see you later. Hour. Game over. Play again next week. the sex and science hour after show brought to you by stuff.sexandsciencehour.com do your crimbus shopping through that link and you can be on our after show and if you hear about something on the show that you'd like to get somebody else for a gift well you know where to find it it's at stuff.sexandsciencehour.com so what do people get through stuffed and stuff it's getting late folks i'm shutting down like the question asker said uh what do people get through stuff.sexandsciencehour.com this week? Well, um, we had a number of items here. Let me just sort them so it's the most... Well, all right. I'm just going to say this quick while you're sorting. Mm-hmm. Um, look, like, please don't confuse what I was saying earlier. Like, If you want to live your life 
sitting and I mean this with total seriousness and respect. If you want to live your life, you know, rocking it out on the couch, playing video games, eating Doritos all the time and whatever, and not doing much else, like, please, by all means, I, like, I don't, you know, I'm not like, there's the idea of being, you know, you want to be your healthy, what, you know, you want to be healthy and all this crap. No, your best self is what you want to be, you know, <laughs> like I'm not laying out any judgment on what's healthy and what's not. So there we go. I don't understand what you're saying. Are you saying that? I'm saying I'm not fat shaming. Okay. Okay. <laughs> like I'm saying that I wasn't saying people need to like not be five X, you know? Oh, oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. Well, speaking of fat shaming, somebody got Whoa, some well. duck fat, a six pack of duck lard. For shame. Oh my gosh. That's going to be so good. I am going to add this to my cart because I want latkes Schmulch. fried in duck fat. Oh, Fuck yeah. Mm, mm, mm. And it's um, it's suggesting some other fats with this, including ghee and another type of ghee. So there you go. Duck animal fat is great for frying at high temperatures, uh, for frying potatoes, in fact. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody got an Everlast Elite Leather Speed Bag. Oh, these are fun. I used to do boxing training, and I never actually did any boxing, really. I just did the training because I thought it... It got me in like the best shape of my life. <laughs> it was really cool. I had abs for days and I met a lot of hot guys. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. And <laughs> Not guys. They were trouble, though. Yeah, I was like 21, so oh, I didn't okay. know any better. Right. But uh, now it'd be girls. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but yeah, I used to use the speed bag. It's kind of fun. It's kind of like a meditative experience. You just kind of tap it against the thing. And um, this was only 35 bucks. You can mount it up on your ceiling and go to town. Uh, somebody's getting started on their New Year's resolutions early. Uh, they got a, a fitness tracker. It's not a Fitbit. It's called the New You Direct Heart Rate Monitor and Smartwatch with Sleep Monitor. So all the stuff of the Fitbit, but for thirty four ninety nine. Hey, all right. Razor A Kick scooter. Oh, that's cool. This is a Razor scooter, probably for a kid. But um, yeah, I mean, it looks really fun. I don't see why an adult couldn't use it either. This was only forty bucks, thirty nine seventy. That's a steal. That's a steal. Uh, Exacto heavy duty wood guillotine trimmer. Oh my god, this looks like what you had in your art class in high school, where the teacher would be cutting the uh sheets of construction paper oh. where they kind of feed it in and then they have this guillotine and they bring it down and go yeah the big paper cutter yeah the paper trimmer and this was 80 dollars. this is a heavy duty substantial paper trimmer uh milwaukee m12 wireless job site speaker um i guess this is for construction so like you know or like to play music or yeah. wherever outside um Masterbuilt cold smoking kit for Masterbuilt digital smokers. Okay, so do you remember last week we had that that Bluetooth activated smoker? Yeah. The meat smoker? This is a cold smoking kit for, uh, it probably goes with it. So it fits all Masterbuilt digital electric smokers. It's a continuous feed wood chip system that provides up to six hours of constant and consistent smoke, and it uses regular wood chips. Send us some of that jerky. Oh, my God. Please you do. Know. And it shows it attached to the smoker. So this is like the source of the smoke, I guess. Phenomenal. That's really cool. Um, Omega Paw self-cleaning litter box, 2609. That's cheap. Wow. Mm. How does it clean itself? Large litter box self-cleans by rolling to the right and back again. 
Well, I guess you have to empty it eventually. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, LG V20, 64 gigabyte gray Titan T-Mobile phone. Very nice. Oh, V20. Yeah, yeah. that's a good model. All For right. $399. Nice. That's very good. Um, let's see. What else do we got? Um, I don't know why I'm doing this gay voice right now. <laughs> I think it's like shaming. No, it's like a character from one of my audiobooks. Like, there's this really over the top gay guy that's like, I can always tell when someone's gay. I have the best gaydar around. Gaydar. I mean, it only works like 50% of the time with guys, but with women, I can always tell. All right. That's what he says. Okay. His name's Malcolm. Anyway, <laughs> cooling towels for yoga, sports, camping, hiking, travel, Pilates, anything you want uh, for six ninety nine. These are those like those uh, super absorbent towels that you can hang around your neck like a sweat towel or maybe even for the pool. Okay. Women's crew socks. Oh, these are cute. So somebody got some women's socks. The socks have a little cat face on the top and some ears and paws on the bottom. Oh, oh it's so fucking What size cute. are I they? I can't deal. Um, adult size. Adult the socks size. don't really come in sizes. Really? They just, yeah, they're just kind of one people that have like little all. feet and that's... I know. There's some people that have just little tiny that's, feet. That's nice. Okay. Sweet feet. Uh, somebody got a electronic digital caliper. Is this for measuring your own body fat? Um, oh, that's interesting. No, it's not for measuring body fat. It's just for measuring inside, outside depth or like, you know, um, probably for construction. Well, that's cool. 17 bucks. What? Sorry. What? I worked with this guy uh-huh. at my previous place of employment, tech company. Okay. And his name was Tom. Tom C, we'll call him. <laughs> that might be giving away too much info. But... He is, <laughs> he is, Spit it out. <laughs> he's like he, his he was getting a blowjob from this from this woman. Okay. Oh. Who is not his wife. Oh. His wife comes home and and he's and he hears her coming, you know, t- to the back, you know, sliding doors or everything. And he tells the woman, like, look, just go, go back behind, behind the, uh, you know, there's like a, like a pool shed kind of thing. It's like, just go back there, you know, where all the hoses are and everything. Where, where, where all the hoses all the are? Hoses are. Oh my God. But yeah. then he says, but then he, there he is and he's, you know, got this rock hard on and his wife is like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I was just going to measure the pool, you know, I was going to, I was going to Measure the pool. The oh depth my of God. the pool. Wow. Dude, I was just seeing how deep the water was. That's the dumbest shit in the world. Like, the guy was obviously drunk as hell. But that it, is fucking ridiculous it, and not it, it really was, very funny. Yeah. He sounds like a loser. Oh, he is. He is. It, the thing is, in his delivery, that's what made it funny. Uh. This guy has this, like, wild Italian, like, like voice that just, you, you can't match. I see. I see. Yeah. Well... We don't endorse cheating on your wife here on Sex and Science Hour. I didn't say a word. Yeah. Sunzo Pro Android 6.0 TV box for $30. That's good. Nordic Wear Natural Aluminum Commercial Baker's Quarter Sheet. That's like a baking tray. So for making Christmas cookies. Something like that. Um, Net Dot 3-pack third-generation micro USB to magnetic C-type adapter. So it's basically USB to USB-C adapter. Oh, handy. But they're magnetic. That's the thing. Don't have to plug them in. 
Huh. Yeah. Isn't that cool? So it's 15 bucks because they're magnetic. That's very interesting. I have to look into that. Yeah. Uh, War Cross, a book hardcover by Marie Liu. For the millions who log in every day, War Cross isn't just a game. It's a way of life. This obsession started 10 years ago, and its fan base now spans the globe, some eager to escape reality and others hoping to make a profit, struggling to make ends meet. Teenage hacker Amika Chen works as a bounty hunter, tracking down Warcross players who bet on the game illegally. But the bounty hunting world is a competitive one, and survival has not been easy. To make some quick cash, Amika takes a risk and hacks into the opening game of the International Warcross Championships, only to accidentally glitch herself into the action and become an overnight sensation. We also have the E-Tech City Laser Grip Non-Contact Digital Thermometer. So you just point it out and you go pew, and it takes the temperature from 50, minus 50C to 380C. for 12, All that for $12. That's pretty good. All-Star Performance Red Paint Marker for $9. This is like one of those really thick Sharpies. Like a really, like for making a protest sign, basically. It's a $10 oh, marker. Got some for activists listening protest to the show. signs. Yeah, right. definitely. That's what I'm guessing it is. Awesome. Uh, somebody read my, somebody read my noiseless mouse review post and bought the same mouse that I have, the uh, noiseless USB optical gaming JNL101K mouse. The I need to get one wired of Wired si- silent mouse. Yeah, it's great. I mean, you, you've used it, right? You know yeah, it's yeah. Like, uh, we have the Cuber Speed Mayu Magnetic Cube Stickerless Magnetic Cube. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck this is. It looks like a Rubik's Cube, but it's all in Korean or Chinese. Uh, <laughs> Ma- Moyu Magnetic Cube has innovative positioning system. The magnetic positioning. New mechanism avoids bumpy turning caused by illegal positioning while cubes turning Inner dual feet makes outstanding anti-pop effect. I have no clue what this does. All right. It looks like a Rubik's Cube, though, but it's like not. It's the the lines are kind of different than a Rubik's Cube. I, I'm very confused, but thank you. Thank you for thank you for being on our after show, you know, <laughs> uh, to sail beyond the sunset by Robert A. Heinlein. Aha. Yep. Have you ever read that one? I have not. Uh, Rayovac D batteries, two pack of D batteries. Somebody's recharging their vibrator here. Fantastic. For $5. That's pretty good. And the D Scooby- batteries give it a good weight. Yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah. I like uh, stainless steel toys for that. that yeah, good point. Good point. Uh, or glass. Yeah, glass is good too. Yeah. Oh, glass. Scooby Doo Apocalypse number 20, available Ooh, on 12 13 2017 from DC Comics. Somebody buys the Scooby Apocalypse like every issue. That yeah. Comes out. Yeah, I get it and too. And is there more? There might be more. Oh, one more. Scooby Doo Apocalypse number 20 variant. <laughs> oh, got the variant cover. Yeah, the variant nice. cover. Cool. All right. Well, Scooby fans and everybody else, thank you so much for shopping uh, and being part of our after show. If you want to get anything that you heard talked about on the after show, just go to stuff.sexandsciencehour.com. And thank you so much for tuning in to Sex and Science Hour. We'll be back at you next week. In the meantime, oh, it's not Christmas yet. I was going to say happy holidays. Well, happy, I'll say it anyway. Happy holidays. And uh, we'll see you next Friday. Ooh.